Today, I'm talking to Kenny Young, who runs an awesome dog daycare and boarding center with his wife, Serena, in Austria. Kenny, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Tell us a little bit about yourself, your pronouns, your dogs, anything else you'd like to share? I'm a he. I, I don't really define myself by any particular pronoun. I just basically, I'm human and I let it go with that. Mm -hmm. I don't let things define me as far as that's concerned. Nice. Kind of, kind of a big guy. Um, I used to play professional basketball, been around the world playing internationally, and I've been a passionate dog lover since birth. Dogs came first and, and then I was born. So I, I was born into the, I, I, I was just part of the family. The dog was more important. <laughs> it uh, was just rather ironic that I ended up uh, after years of college, after years of what other people profess as success and found real joy in getting back to the simple pleasures of working with dogs. Oh, yeah. It has been so fulfilling. Was the first dog who you remember who really <laughs> made an impact in your life? It's ridiculous that every dog that I've ever had has had an impact on my life. Mm -hmm. From the first whose name was Brownie uh, to the most obnoxious who was Demon. <laughs> Uh, the most flamboyant was uh, Tygon. He was an Australian Shepherd, German Shepherd mix, and was as busy as can be imagined. Mm -hmm. uh, to uh, Tuko and Kaya, and who are, were the most recent. Who I've met, yeah. And Luna, who is my current, every dog has had an effect on my life. I, I found it very interesting that while I was, I, I, I took a break from owning dogs because I knew I didn't have time because mm -hmm. I was traveling a lot. Yeah. But I would still borrow my friend's dogs to try and spoil them to, to have a dog in my life without owning a dog. It's always uh, been very important to have enough time to be everything that my dog needed. Yeah. You know, I, I, I've always, I can't say angry, but disenfranchised with people who have these great gifts and don't have time for them. Yeah. They're missing out on so much. They are. Like I'm watching a dog bite its tail running around in a circle because he has an itch right now. <laughs> but it's, it's, it, you, you just cannot help but marvel at these, I guess you would call them anthropologists because they do everything to try and figure out where they're supposed to be in your life. Yeah. And the idea that that we are their masters and you know their possessions and and I I've never seen it that way. No. I've always always seen them as family members. Yeah. You know, if I wouldn't do this to my sister, I wouldn't do it to my dogs. So yeah, it's, it's always been interesting to me how people frown at people who you know let their dogs sleep in bed with them or get up on the furniture. Yeah. You know, you set your boundaries as you will. Like, yeah, my dogs are not allowed in my bed, but there, there's furniture for them. They can climb in the chairs. It, it just seems to me that they're family. Yeah. And if you don't have time for family, then, then you, you can be like a foster, you know, for a dog. Yeah. And help out somebody with their dog. Or, and when I was traveling or when I had, you know, was doing business and I was working so much. I didn't have a dog and I suffered for it. And I didn't realize I was suffering until I had another dog come back into my life. Yeah. And it was just like, wow, 
I missed out on all these great years because I thought that this was important. Yeah. So I, I don't know if I would call myself a dog lover. I think I would call myself a dog obsessed. So Uh-huh. it, it's just like they, they are very important. <laughs> yeah. And uh, having the ability to to work with them is such a joy. Yeah. It adds so much to my life. Uh yeah, I completely agree with you. And I feel like there are several things I want to pull out from um what you just said. Please do. One is the travel piece and the other one is the like missing out on all the joy for several years because you thought something else was important piece. Is there one you'd like to share more about? Well, um, I, I remember being a professional athlete Mm -hmm. uh, with all the accolades and, you know, all the publicity and all the excitement, uh, finding a, a quiet place, finding a sincere, honest friend. You know, it, it was it was really telling when I was playing basketball in Australia. I, I was a Sydney King and I was, you know, it was one of the most high profile teams and I was, you know, one of the players that they brought in and I was uh, very well appreciated. Mm-hmm. And then I got hurt. Oh. Well, it, it's part of sports and you understand that it's going to take some time to get back. Yeah. It's just one of those things. After I got hurt, I found myself in my wonderful condominium. And next thing I know, I found myself hungry. I, I found myself alone. I found myself looking for something or someone that would help me. Yeah. And it was just like, it was really interesting to think, you know, if I had a dog, he wouldn't abandon me. Yeah. If I had a dog, I would have the companionship. And th there is something about being alone and there's something about being lonely. Yeah. And I've never owned a dog and been lonely. I, I always had a companion. I always had somebody that was more worried about my well-being, you know, it, because I believe dogs really take care of you. They, they really enrich your life. They do. Kind of a reality check when it was just like, you know, I'm here I am, you know, celebrating all my success and I was alone. It's the second that success changed. Yeah. And one of the most ironic things that I saw at that particular time, I saw a homeless man in Australia Mm -hmm. with his dog off leash and his dog was just there for him. He was just, and I was just like, wow, that says a lot. Yeah. You know, it's like, I may have money, I may have fame, I may have this, 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 and this, but that man has something that I want more than anything else. Yeah. And that was the companionship of somebody that I trust and believes in me. Yeah. I thought it was very telling. This is when it got to a point where it was like, I got to get back to being who I always wanted to be, Yeah. where I wanted to be. I, I remember as a kid, I wanted, you know, like nine or 10 dogs because when I was a kid, my dog got pregnant and we had nine dogs Nice. Oh. and we kept them all. <laughs> Oh, that's so awesome. You kept them all? Yeah, had to. I, I've never understood, or, or maybe I could never be a breeder. Yeah. The, the idea of giving away a puppy, you know, it's just like, these are my part of the family. You can't just give them away. Yeah. So, so yes, as a child, I had multiple dogs. It's just like, now it, it was terrible to see my dog 
having sex in the front yard, but <laughs> it's natural. So it, it was traumatic, but, but it, it happens. But as a young child, it was just like, my dog is being attacked. <laughs> so, but, but the puppies were great. And it was, this, this, this was normal to have a lot of dogs. Yeah. And that was the way it was from high school or beginning of high school all the way to my uh, second year of college, where I would spend time back and forth going to university and uh, coming home to be with my dogs. It was like, hey, we got to go to the party. I got to get home because I got to go, go clean up the yard from all these dogs or mom's going to get rid of the dogs. Yeah. Yeah. Where, where were you born and where did you go to college? I was born in Fort Bragg, North Carolina. Mm -hmm. I went to uni I, I actually went to several universities. Uh, the main two were Fresno City College and San Jose State University. Mm -hmm. When I first went to university, I traveled around trying universities, but they didn't have good fit. Uh, I went to some big universities like Syracuse University, uh, North Carolina Wilmington, and University of Southern California. But those universities didn't work out. It just They, they didn't feel right. They, they didn't have that. They weren't warm. They were very pretentious. You know, if you play basketball, you there's a standard. I'm, I'm not that way. I, I'm very mm -hmm. engaging. Yeah. Um, when, when you play at these big schools, you are put on a pedestal and you're set apart. And that's something that I've never really appreciated about sports. Uh, I understand it, but I, I don't appreciate it. So, yeah. Um, I'm sorry I have to interrupt you, but I heard you wrote another book. I wrote another book? Didn't you? No. Oh, well, I guess I did, sort of. Well, I mean, I, I wrote a novel, but I haven't Excuse published me, it. Well, a novel is a book. Congratulations. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it feels like having written it and not published it, it doesn't feel like I've written it. But I guess I have. Yes, I did, yeah. You know how long and how arduous writing a book is? putting your your truth in on in paper that is awesome congratulations i mean i loved it during covid that's what i basically did i was like well scaling back on the social interactions i always wanted to write a novel and now is the time <laughs> and i had so much fun with my characters <laughs> congratulations thank you it's, that is that is huge that is do you recognize that you have a legacy that will survive you. Well, I'm not so sure about that. Like, it would be nice if it were that way and if it was a legacy that people got anything out of. But I'm not so sure that legacies survive most people. Um, actually, when you put it in paper or when you write a book, when you write something mm -hmm. and you publish it, it is for posterity. It yeah. is, and it, 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 that is so huge. And yes, you do have a legacy. Hmm. Thank you. Congratulations. I am so envious. Well, I'm sure you'll have a legacy too. Yeah, but my legacy has to be with dogs. Uh, just, I, I can't write. That That is not my creativity. I, I have the capacity to tell stories, but I do not have the capacity to put those stories in such a way that other people would understand. It's just... It, when I write, it, they're just words on the paper. It, it doesn't, there's no communication because I'm all over the place when I communicate. I'm envious. You can have a legacy of storytelling. No, that's true. That is true. I, I would love to, to touch my athletes in such a way that 
they carry this with them. That I, if that's going to be my legacy, I'm satisfied with that. The the helping them try to achieve more. The funny thing is, I'm not truly a fan of sports. I'm a fan of being active. Yeah, we have we just talked about before I hit record about your athletes. That was before. So would you mind reminding our listeners who your athletes are? Okay, I I coach some under 14 basketball players for a Verein, and I, I I don't know whether it is a curse or a gift to be given the opportunity to work with COVID 19 kids. Um, and and I, I don't say that as these were you know disease riddled kids. I'm saying that they have matured during during the COVID pandemic and. They are different. They are a very interesting breed, I guess you would say. They are not the kids that are filled with hope. They're, mm -hmm. they, they are filled with expectation. What do they expect? They expect to be awesome just by default. Oh. I'm here. I'm a great basketball player. It, it is such that they don't run. Really? Yes. In basketball, everything is running. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you said before I hit record that soft environments create soft kids. And is that what you mean by that? Yes, it is. I, I am uh, encouraged that they are very good people to a fault. They they are very helpful. They're very to a fault. They are very caring. Mm -hmm. In the middle of a game, they will knock somebody over. They will stop what they were doing. And they will help each other, help them up. Oh, I mean, I kind of like that. No, that's that's <laughs> not good. You're supposed to knock them down, step <laughs> on their chest, wait till the game is over. You apologize, make sure they're okay. And then you, you know, it's, it, but it's so good to see. They are so nice. They're, I mean, they're polite. It, it is, there's something about Austrian culture that... Yeah, I wanted to ask you. So you had that you had two careers that were extremely time consuming and probably you made a lot of money doing those things, but you didn't have any time to spend with loved ones and you felt like you couldn't get a dog because it wouldn't be fair to the dog. Now you're living in Austria where in general it is more socially acceptable, let's say, to plan your day and your life around spending time with your loved ones rather than um working until you drop dead so you can afford the most expensive expensive coffin um so how did you make that jump well um i got in touch with serena or actually i take that back serena got in touch with me serena is Kim's and wife. she basically said yes yes that she got fired as my girlfriend and became my wife um ah. so mm -hmm. uh so uh she got in touch with me and uh we arranged for me to come and visit And at that particular time, I had uh, I had had enough as far as being a financial advisor. I was uh, working harder to the money that I made than I did making it because uh, the the struggle uh, within the office, you know, it's it's a, it's a, it's a lot of nonsense. It's a lot of infighting and things of that nature. It just really uh, just affects your quality of life. Being a financial advisor. Yes, you are working for either individuals who have the concept of what you can do for them 
mm-hmm. and it's it's really harsh and really not fulfilling. And mm-hmm. then you have those individuals who are trying to hold on to every penny because they have not acquired wealth, and you have to convince them to save and to plan for the future. And if that's not bad enough, you have people in your office who are uh, robbing you. That's a nice way of putting it. <laughs> they're, they're basically, you. your paperwork has to go through what we call a fiduciary, somebody who uh, has to co-sign your paperwork. But before your paperwork goes to the main office, they get it so they can write anything that they want. And they basically take pieces and all of a sudden you don't find out until after. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, that sounds horrible. Uh, it's it's actually very typical. It should not be, though. Uh, it, it is easy to say that, but you really don't have any control because it's a fiduciary responsibility. It's it's oversight. Yeah. And I, I had had enough. I was really frustrated. And Serena's like, come to Austria. I came on a visit mm-hmm. and I had some opportunities to do some coaching. And basically, like, I can extend my vacation. Uh, Because at one time, while I was uh, a financial advisor, I was still a professional athlete. So I would spend six months doing finance, and then I'd go play somewhere during my vacation. So I would take like four months of vacation, and I would play for a team. And coming to Austria, because Austria is more so into a lifestyle rather than acquiring things, Mm -hmm. I found that there were a lot of opportunities. Mm -hmm. And for me, a lot of stress because I am so used to the the rat race constantly going. Yeah. And in Austria, we can, you know, there's there's an idea about tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. And it's there's such a culture shock. Yeah. When you are so used to, you know, it's it's like the difference between long distance running where you pace yourself and yeah. sprinting. Yes. In the States sprinting in Austria. It is. No, I take it back. Have you ever heard of jog walking? No. Where you're, you're walking really quickly. It, it's a sport. It's an Olympic sport. You, you don't run. You can't run. You have... It's an Olympic sport. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yes. It is the most ridiculous thing ever. It's just it's called jog walking. And in Austria, they jog walk. We're in a hurry to get nowhere. You know, yes. so relax. Yeah. We'll, we can do it tomorrow. Whereas in the States, it's like. We want it yesterday. And that was what I was used to. So um, trying to put my mentality into a, let's call it pause or slow everything down was really kind of difficult. Yeah. It was always fun and always rather comedic, but uh, it just, everything uh, was, was going so slow. It was, you know, I don't know who is the author, but somebody said that, the only real advantage is the speed with which you learn. Yeah. Okay. So in Austria, it's not the speed <laughs> at which you learn. It's more the contacts that you have and the circumstances rather than the knowledge. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just really interesting to hear people say, learn by doing, yeah. which drives me nuts. <laughs> it's like, what do you mean learn by doing? You have no idea what you're supposed to be doing? Yeah. So how are then you? Why are you doing it was really interesting because, you know, I, I can remember teaching at uh, at the School of Applied Science and the teachers were graduates of the school, but had never worked in the fields that they are teaching. If you have never worked in the field that you're teaching, how do you know what to teach? Exactly. So it's uh, 
it, it was a it was a challenge. I think the greatest cultural shock that I ever experienced was dealing with the police. Um, well, I, I've got a story for that too. My dear wife uh, decided that she was going to make a suggestion to make a particular left turn that was illegal. And you were driving. And at the particular time, I, of course I yeah. was driving. Okay. So, so the police say, you know, hey, pull over. No big deal. Um, so I didn't have my license. It was at home. So, so, uh, they followed me to the house. Okay. We parked in the parking in the parking lot and the parking lot was like, I'd say maybe 75 meters from the front door. Okay. So one policeman stays with Serena and I walk with the other. Police. Well, the policeman that I was walking with, his face was all red and he was like, looked really aggressive and he, he looked like he was ready for action, like 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 we were about to ha have an accident. Oh. Okay, like, and from my perspective, I'm looking at somebody who's being aggressive. Yes. Okay. Then he puts his hand on his gun. Yes. Okay? That tells me everything that I'm, I need to know. There's about to be an accident. Okay. Now, I have some, some military training, some martial arts training. So my thought process was... Okay. Kill or be killed. If exactly, that was exactly what I was thinking. So my thought process is: this guy is afraid. He's not talking to me. He's got his hand on his gun. He's leaning forward like he's waiting for me to to do something. Yeah. So I'm thinking the only time that he could get away from you know, there's a like a concourse with the apartments that you open up the door and there's uh uh like doors and you know it's going to happen where mm -hmm. nobody can see yeah so at that particular time my thought process is that i'm going to put his nose through his brain yeah and it this is going to happen and when i tell this to other people they say no 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 that's not possible it's just like i am not coming all the way to austria having lived i don't know how many years yeah having survived you know the the police in the united states to be shot by an austrian policeman there's no way i'm going out like that agreed yeah so I opened the door and I spun and I was about to hit this young man. He wasn't, a, he was a middle-aged man. I was going to put his nose through his brain. I was going to climb out the back, mm -hmm. go over the fence and run, kill the other policeman. If you're going to steal a car, then we're going to hungry. <laughs> that, that was the plan. <laughs> wow. I mean, you made that plan really quickly too. Or did you already have that just in case? I understand why you saw no other way and it's really sad. Well, this is from, from my perspective in the States, when he puts his hand on his gun, that's a threat. Okay? Yeah, so, yeah. So I was relatively new. I had only been there for a couple of months. And I, you know, it's the, only, the first real experience with the police. Yeah. Well, as I spin around to put this guy's nose through his brain. Now, mind you, do you know that sound when you hear something unclipping? Yeah. Like when you're, okay, so there is a, a buckle that they unclip that's, the, that's on the gun you know, that you unclip it. So I hear this clip. So he's opening up something. He's basically making his gun accessible. Yeah. That's my thought. So it's on. So I spin around to, to put this guy's nose through his brain and he has pulled out his inhaler. This man Aww. is having an asthma attack. <laughs> and I was just about to punch him in the nose and put it through his brain. And he's sitting there and he's puffing away. Oh, 
and I grab his arm and I'm like, are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> like, Aww. And I'm, I, I feel so bad because I'm stuck in this, this, let's call it American mentality yeah. that it's survival of the fittest. It's kill or be killed this, that, and the other. And I'm looking at this man. And at that point it was just like, okay, I'm not in the States. Yeah. People walk around in the middle of the night through the park and they don't get shot it is relatively safe yes yeah. and it was just like okay I, i i have to leave this behind that was culture shock for me that this man was so nice yeah he was he was everything that an austrian was supposed to be <laughs> and he was just like sitting there having an asthma attack and he was resting his hand because he was about to fall out it was just like you can't rest your hand on your gun people have you know he didn't realize that he was being threatening no no i and, and the thing about it is i literally after giving him my id no problems he said thank you have a good day this that and the other you know if you have a game i'd love to come watch you play and i'm sitting there and i'm thinking to myself i almost killed you and you have no idea and when i expl explained to serena she's like well why would you do that I'm like what do you mean he had his hand on his gun yeah and her her reaction was that gun probably wasn't even loaded <laughs> and i'm thinking to myself no it probably wasn't but you're a black person who has grown up in the u.s and to me when i when i i've told other people that it's just like that doesn't make any sense at all and all of a sudden you know a couple of months later then all of a sudden a lot of uh police shootings it's just like is it really like that yeah and i said did i tell you the story about how i almost could kill the police officer because and it, it's such a cultural shock yeah that people are not aggressive maybe loud maybe obnoxious but it's, it's noise it's bravado it, and it's like once you kind of turn it down it's easier to accept it's like I mean, I remember having an argument with somebody and it, it really seemed like, you know, during a basketball game, okay, where he wanted to fight. Mm -hmm. And it, and it's like, I, I basically got into his face, grabbed his jersey, and, and I told him, when I, when this game is over, I'm going to take you out and I'm going to make you drink a beer. And the guy looked at me and was just like totally shocked. <laughs> and I was like, I've never said that to anybody. And from then on, he was just like, all right. Oh. Let's finish this game so we can play some beers. Oh. And it was just like that's awesome. Now in the states, it was just like this wouldn't work in the states. Yeah, you know. Uh, and there is, I think, there's a greater possibility of joy here. Mm -hmm. um, it, it sounds funny, but when you're not so concerned with things, you you appreciate more. You mean when you're not so concerned with material things? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it's it's like after dealing with that policeman. It was like, I do not have safety issues as big as I am, mm -hmm. but I find myself to be, I, I've always been aggressive, not aggressive in the sense that I am threatening violence. I'm aggressive with, hey, how are you doing? You know, I, I'm not afraid to approach people. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, the, the old lady on the corner was my, I want to say my second German teacher mm -hmm. because I, I, I had to go to poor student Leagang. Mm -hmm. I would go to the corner and she first she'd offer me an apple and then she'd try and teach me German. Aww. And then I'd go to school, you know. That sounds so nice. These are the things that so endearing that, and it's funny because I found that in Europe, 
you know, like when I played basketball in Spain, yeah. you know, the old lady on the corner would see me getting ready to go to a, to a game and she'd give me an apple and then she'd pat me on the butt saying, you give them, you give them hell. And it's just like, thanks grandma. You know, it was, <laughs> it, uh, it's just more common in Austria, you know, and, and when you see the way that so many people revere dogs, yeah. it's, it's like not everybody is a good owner. But they see dogs as something that are really important. They're doing their best and they're loving their dogs. I think so. I truly appreciate that. I'm going to take my dog to the restaurant. I'm going to. Yeah. You never see that in the States. No, because you're not allowed to. Exactly. So the transition was worth the price of admission. Yes. In my opinion. Yeah. And the price of admission was to let go of things, like literal things. Exactly. Well, no, no, I didn't have to let go of literal things. It's just more a shift of priorities. Like I, I remember worrying about, you know, paying rent, not because I didn't have the money to pay rent, but knowing full well that, you know, if I lost my job today, in four months, I would have to make something similar to, to pay the rent, yeah. you know, because I, I have family to think about this, 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 what I had to let go of was stress and the pressure for all intents and purposes, the pressure to perform Yeah. because I'm, I've been so used to being on Yeah. that it was, uh, it was like a higher calling. Yeah. Happiness was going to come at a later date and time. Oh, and it's always a later date. It's like the horizon is retreating. Exactly. Tomorrow is never coming. Yeah. And you know, Serena had a dog. Yeah. Okay. And it, he wasn't a normal dog. Mm -hmm. This dog was so full of life and so giving, so welcoming. Yeah. That anybody he came into contact with was, he was a handsome, strong boxer. Yeah. That loved people, that loved dogs, that didn't have a a mean bone in his body nice oh yeah you know and it was just like there is nothing worse than that face early early in the morning he puts his face on the mattress and he just breathes and watches <sighs> he's saying get up yeah come on i, I want to go out for a walk I wanna... yeah and it's just like you can't say no to that you can't no You know, I, I've always gotten up early, but, you know, I'd get up early to, to work out. Okay. And it's not a problem. It's just like more like mental gymnastics. And, you know, you, you do your meditation, your, your work, yeah. but all of a sudden you throw a dog in there and then you have a workout buddy, you know, early in the morning when it's that early, you don't have to have a leash on. We can go running and this is going to sound bad. We go playing in the cemetery. Nobody's gonna bother us. Yeah, no, that sounds great. You know, just like this was joy. This was was like wow, me and my buddy. And then all of a sudden, it was like life was. You know, I have to work because I need. I got to plan my day so I can get back to my dog. Yeah. I think about how dog lovers truly began. We had planned. Dog lovers is Kenny's business name for the listeners who don't know. Oh yeah. Dog lovers. Yes. Dog lovers unite. Yes, exactly. Insane people who love for the sake of loving. I appreciate it. Yes. Oh, yes. I think it is something when you figure out that I have enough room in my heart to invite another member to my family. Yeah. Not, I want a dog. You know, I want my dog to be my support system. I want my dog to be a guard dog. I, you know, I, I'm not going to say a dog cannot be a tool, but 
the the idea that you are using him without allowing him to every advantage on the planet. If my dog wants to run out in the streets, I'm not going to be happy because I can't guarantee that he's safe. Yes. But I want him to be happy. And, you know, it, it, it's just one of those things. But as I was saying, dog lovers began with a, as a kindergarten. Right, as a kindergarten for children or for dogs? It began with children. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. I had no idea. Yeah. Put together a curriculum so that we could go to the kindergartens and help with English. You know, making the kids become, because they're so malleable, that it would be a good time to make them bilingual. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it started out really well. And uh, all of a sudden, the school said that, you know, kindergarten is for socializing kids, not teaching them. <laughs> so, so if you would like to sing songs. Because it's Austria. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so if you want to sing songs, you know, and uh, do puppet shows and things of that nature, your teaching is not wanted. We want you to interact with the kids and uh tried it tried it for a while but you really can't help but try to try to give them advantage try to help them be successful and kindergarten is not about success <laughs> it's about socializing well austrian kindergarten is i'm sure u.s kindergarten uh or certain u.s private kindergartens are all of us yeah this is true and they're really expensive yeah <laughs> but uh th that's how it began what ended up happening is some of the parents decided that they wanted to do it privately with us to basically have the interaction as far as English was concerned. Okay. Ah, I mean, it would still be a playful interaction because of the kid. Yeah. It started out as something that had possibility. Okay. Well, interestingly enough, the parents did not want to have to do any work themselves. They wanted to drop their kids off once or twice a week for about an hour and a half, two hours. And uh, that was it. They didn't want to, the kids to come home with homework. They didn't want to have to be a part of it. To put in any work. Exactly. They would prefer to do what uh, the other kindergarten did, where they gave them DVDs and all they had to do is put the DVD in while they drove to the school. Yeah. And that was all the parent had to do. We were trying to make it so the kids had the ability to be fluent, not just familiar. Yeah. Well, at that particular time, they got to meet our boxer. Ah, yeah. And their first question was, we are not willing to pay or work for our kids, but how much would you charge to train our dog? Oh! <laughs> so they, they were just so enthralled with, with Tony that he was, he was just so gentle with the kids. He was so playful. He was so engaging. Oh. Um, and therefore, dog lovers... Uh, began yeah. it was it began with that idea of instead of uh kindergarten why not a hundegarden that's where it came from oh it turned out to be a really kind of uh earth there was an earth shattering kaboom because we were trying to figure out a way to not be away from our dogs so much you know three hours you know it sounds stupid but three hours is a really long time to sit and wait no, I totally agree. I mean, we were having so much anxiety. I got to get home. I can't leave him by himself. You know what I mean? I know. We have separation anxiety, humans. Yeah. Yes. And uh, by engaging in this particular way, by, you know, by boarding, by walking, by all these things, you know, our dog would have to stay at home for maybe a, an hour at most because under normal circumstances, we could take him everywhere where the other dogs were. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. They all knew each other and we were doing boarding and it, it just got ridiculous to where we were offering, offering courses to train dog walkers to work for us and boarding and it, it was it was quite an adventure and then uh, uh, we got other dogs and it got to a point where we wanted our dogs to have a more uh, engaging life yeah instead of just going for a walk we wanted them to have space so we moved uh, down to southern Styria uh-huh. <laughs> Gostorf <laughs> which is on the uh, Slovenian border mm-hmm and found a new language. My German didn't work anymore because their dialect is incredible. Inintelligible, yeah. Uh, it's there nothing. I I had no chance. Serena had problems. And the funny thing about it was the way it sounded, it seemed like we could turn to the dog and ask him, Do you understand this? <laughs> because it sounded like barking. Oh, it's the it's what's called Jewish Irish? Uh not Stirish, it's Bauendeutsch. I don't think I've, I've like, I mean, I've heard the term. <laughs> I, I have never, uh, I, I, I didn't have a chance. It was, yeah. and Serena was just like, just nod and smile. You'll be okay. Cause I don't understand either, <laughs> but really nice people. Yeah. I have not gone anywhere in Austria where at least they were very nice to my face. They may say or do something when my back is turned, but it is worth the benefit of a doubt. I have seen a very simple culture that is nice. It's like, you know, they may not like me, but they're they're always nice. You know, I, I've been here, eat this. Uh yeah. I, I cooked this and we we made we have fresh eggs, and, you know, that kind of uh things that you would expect in the, in days gone by. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have a client that basically how do you say no to fresh meat? To me, it's difficult to have fresh meat when the cows are, you know, you can, I used to pet that cow. I can't eat meat. Right. You used to know the cow. Exactly. I'm an omnivore. You just don't eat cows you used to know. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't want it because I don't know if I'm an animal lover, but if a snake is crossing the road, I'll stop. Yeah. Oh, speaking of snakes, frogs here in Austria. They have signs that say there it's a frog crossing. Yeah, 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 I know, yeah. Okay. It didn't mean anything to me <laughs> until, you know, I'm driving in the middle of the night, coming home, it's raining a little bit, uh-huh. and all of a sudden it seems like one frog start, hops out in the middle of the road, turns around, go, you know, does that little hand wave, and thousands, <laughs> I had to wait for like 30, 45 minutes for all these frogs to cross the road, and it was unbelievable to Where does this happen? It's just like the Legion of Doom. Come on, everybody, let's go. And it was just like an invasion. And, and it was just <laughs> yeah. that season. There are so many things here that 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 are engaging. Yeah. And it, it's funny because previously we talked about the thing that you ran away from and the things like I ran away from the, the, the rat race. Yeah. To something that I absolutely positively will never understand. But I find it, for lack of a better word, and I don't, I, I hate using this word, enchanting. It's just like, uh-huh. you know, I I do this internally because, you know, I'm a big, strong, this, that, and the other. You know, I find myself giggling because it's like, that doesn't make any sense. How could you, you know? <laughs> and it, it's just the way people are nice to an extreme. It's not unique to Austria, uh-huh. but there is a special kind of Austrian, there, there is this terrible word that, 
that you people use called gemütlich. Gemütlich, yeah. Yeah, 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 totally. That is so, you know, like to have a chair that, that is so comfortable, so warm that it gives you a hug. You know, it's like you sit back. Yeah. You know, that is Austria. It's, you know, once you find a nice, comfortable place, it's like a hug. Yeah. You know, and in the States, you're so kind of, you know, elbowing each other out of the way, trying to get an advantage. It's the difference between, I know what it is, in my opinion. What is it? Difference between competition and community. Ah, uh, yeah. Competition is something where you're always looking over your shoulder. Yeah. Community is about culture and tradition. They both have advantages, but for me, it'll take a little bit longer for me to get sick of it. Yeah. If you grow up in this and you are motivated and you want to excel, if you, you know, want to see the world, you won't find it in Austria because there are only Austrians here. Yes, I know. <laughs> it's, and it's not a bad thing. It's just very, it, there's, it's a microcosm. You won't see yeah. anything that isn't Austrian. Right. Like that's what I was thinking. It's a good thing. It's very homogenous in some ways. To me anyways, right? Yes, but it's not a bad thing. Yeah. It, it is. As a spectator, it's funny because sitting and watching is a sport for me here. Yeah. You know, I, I love watching people. Oh, it's a sport for me everywhere. Yeah. Well, it's more so here in Austria because it it's like, oh, that would never happen in the States. Yeah. Like, you know, leaving your bike unlocked. Yeah. Like walking women walking through the park without fear because you know ah it's normal you know austria is very safe yeah you know i think it's it's one of the safest countries in the world actually i think it's number one or two one of yeah. the funniest things is I, i met a drug dealer uh-huh in austria and i was just like what are you yeah in, in austria mm -hmm. and it was he was just like hey man you want it was just like what are you doing he's just like oh Are you doing it because you need money or because you want to be cool? He's like, oh, you're from the States. I was like, man. Yeah, because we have a functional social system. Exactly. And it's just like he wanted to be cool. You know, his friends and he was just like, all right, you know, if that's something that you want to do. I mean, I can't agree with you. But where I come from, I would have beat you up and took everything from you. He's like, no, no, no. My boys yeah. are on it. It's like, it's too late where I come from. If you let me get this close to you, if we have this kind of conversation, you know, yeah. there's nothing, there's no reason for you to be here doing this. Yeah. And I had this conversation. It was like 20 minutes and the kid's just like, I'm sorry. You know, I thanks. And I'm sitting here looking at him like, I just had a conversation with a drug dealer and he's probably thinks he's hardcore. Yeah. And I hope I changed his life. You know, it was that kind of thing. It was just like... You may have changed his life. My life-changing moments have been very small moments a lot of the time. It's like a conversation you have or don't have. I've always thought you don't miss an opportunity. It's like, you know you're wrong. You know that, you know, you are hurting people. Yeah. And you know you don't have to do it. Yeah. I would love to talk about the Freund system now. Ugh. Okay. <laughs> oh, I'm happy to talk about the Freund system. I want to ask you one more question about the Austria versus US thing. Um, and we can talk Freunds if you'd like. Okay. But then I'll have to go because I want to have lunch with the wonderful people here. Okay. So you just pointed out several differences between the US and Austria. And like, 
really many endearing and enchanting, charming things about Austria. So, but you've lived all over the place and visited all over the world. So is Austria the place that you would pick for yourself? Does it feel like home? Yes. Yeah. Um, no, I can't say that it feels like home, uh -huh. but it's a really good place. It's, it's a very comfortable place to be. Mm -hmm. um, for me, home is much warmer. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I see it, what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. For, for me, the people feel like home. Yeah. Okay. Uh, as far as if, if I want to be extremely technical about home, home is my significant other. Yes. Home yeah. is my dogs. Yeah. It doesn't matter where I am in the world. It doesn't matter. I would prefer to be someplace warmer. But yes. Home is home is not Austria. Home is not the United States. Home is family. Yeah. What is the song? Home is wherever I'm with you. Yeah, actually, I, I know this song, but I can't think of where it, I, I have the melody stuck in my head. I think it's Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros or something like that. <laughs> it's a good song. I'll have to look it up. Home is where your heart is and home is where a dog is. Yep. And now I got to ask you a different question. Okay. Ask me what you need. Before we recorded, you said you tend to like dogs better than people. Yes. Are there exceptions to that? Are there some people you like better than dogs? Well, I would love to say that there are some people that I like better than dogs. Yeah. But if a dog bit a person or did harm to a person i couldn't turn my back on that dog because the dog needs me yeah a person no matter how much i love them how much they mean to me if they did harm to a dog i couldn't have anything to do with them yeah so i want to say that serena is the love of my life mm -hmm. i want to say my kids are the love of my life mm -hmm. but if they did bad things to dogs or to animals, they couldn't be around me. Yeah. I don't know if I could say that about a dog. Yeah. You know, it's just like, I wouldn't make an excuse for him, but I would make more allowances for a dog than I would a person. Yeah. I think it's different. I don't know how to categorize a person that is more important than a dog, because typically people don't need you as much. I like the idea that... A dog is part of a person's world, whereas you are the dog's world. Yeah. I've heard of these relationships where the person says, it's either me or your, or the, your dog. Without even hesitating, I'd get rid of the person. Yeah, because the person asking the question can't be the right person for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And even if you were the right person, you wouldn't stay the right person if you basically made the decision that I'd have to choose the dog or... Like the fact that you ask the question reveals to you that they're not the right person. Yep. Yeah. Perfect. Yes. I'm not even conflicted. Now you got to go. <laughs> yeah. I, I would put a dog in front of a person. Yeah. I wonder. Okay. So the burning building and you can only rescue one. There's a dog. There's a person. I think I would rescue the person. We would all burn up. <laughs> we, we would all burn up. You just stay in there with them and keep them company. I'm going to try and get everybody... You would try to do the impossible and get them both to safety. You betcha. Yeah.
Exactly. I like that. That's a really good answer. Yeah. I do impossible. Yeah. We we all burn together. <laughs> I would have a hard time leaving one behind. If I had to pick this person up, go, go two steps and then go back and get the, get the dog and go two steps and it just, you hold the dog, I'll hold you. And then, you know, we got to make this happen because it's only impossible until it's not. Yeah. I hate losing. Now there's a difference between not winning and losing. Okay. To me is giving up is losing. I don't need to win every time. But losing, I hate losing. You got to try anyways and you'll find a way. Yeah, I suck that way. Like when my kids, my basketball team, yeah, we get blasted. We lose by a lot. And then after the game, I tell each and every one of them that I'm proud of them. And I tell them what they did right. Yes. You know, we, we've got some work to do. But you know what? I'm so proud of you. Yeah. And I especially appreciate that you did this, 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 and this. It didn't, doesn't matter how big, how small. Okay. The other thing that I do is a little backwards when I coach. You remember how you see those coaches that yell and scream when you make a mistake? Mm -hmm. I'm backwards. I yell and scream like a maniac when you do something right. Yeah. When you do something wrong, I'm very quiet. I say, come here. Don't do that. And then I let it go. Nice. And they are so excited when I'm yelling, screaming at them. And like, I remember getting in trouble how much noise when I got in trouble. When I did something good, it was like, oh, I'm proud of you. You get a pat on the back. And it was just like, that's it? If that's all I get when I do something good, then it's not worth the effort, you know? Mm -hmm. In some of the farines, that's most certainly the case. And with dogs? Yeah. Yeah, well, you know what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, yeah, yeah. I think that's how I teach dog training. And also like when I work with people and dogs, the person does this one thing really well and like a couple other things could be improved. I get so excited about the one thing that did really well. That is brilliant. And then maybe later as an afterthought, we will look at the other things and how to improve them. Brilliance. I want them to have that moment of joy and both of them because it builds the relationship between the person and the dog. And in your case, probably between the team members and between you and the team members and the confidence. Well, you know what, have you, I wonder, I truly hate the word trainer. I haven't found anything better because it's so recognized. Mm -hmm. You know, I like the idea of, you know, a partnership or something where it signifies that you are helping, like we are relationship builders. We are bonding experts. Yeah. Because when I think of trainer, I see this person in those cargo shorts with the, one of those vests on and, and he's okay, sit, plot, you know, and it's just like, ah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In general, I feel like it would be nice to democratize education in general a little more. So that is more of a collaborative effort. We're building something together that we're all passionate about. And I can, maybe I know more about dog training, but you know more about something else. Mm -hmm. And I recognize that, right? So I help you hone your dog training skills, but you help me in this other, or if I, if I needed, like, whatever that the person in front of me is really good at, then I would go to them and they will be the expert rather than the term itself already implying that one of them is higher up somehow. Did you have uh, any experience with the bartering system down in South America? Yeah. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. The idea of value, like a teacher teaches the students and the farmer says, here's a bat, you know, here's some vegetables, you know what I mean? And instead of saying, here's money, it's the idea of creating value versus saying money, you know. Yeah. When I was training dogs in, in Vienna, I offered that as an option on my website because I wanted people who couldn't financially access me to feel like they could give something their skills or like, just tell me what that would be equally appreciated. I love the idea of sharing versus training. Yes. Let us share uh, like a, a cooperative. And it's, yes. And it is so funny that your experience growing up and dealing with the Ferrine system, there's no sharing going on. Oh, no. It's this is the way it's done. We've done this for 20 years and it was successful. Yeah, we've done it since Hitler. Yes. Probably with German Shepherds. That's where I think that's where it started. I think also the other Verein systems because of the Bund Deutscher Mädchen and Hitlerjugend and stuff like that. Isn't that where the Vereins come from? Like their origin? Well, they're all military. They all have military origins. I actually had to do some research. Right. You, you have the major ones. You have Union, ASCO. Uh, I can't think of the other two, but they're all military based. Uh, and it's really one of those things where it really kind of starts to show the way the administration works with the, the members. Serena and I used to love to go to this one particular farine and watch them try to train dogs in groups. I mean, how do you have a group of dogs that have been around each other long enough so that they know each other and you're trying to make them walk in a straight line? You want to work on your recall and it's like, cut them loose. Let's see what they do. And if they really want to do this. Yeah. We saw these two uh, Frenchies. And you could tell that they were related, but they had different owners. They were trying to do recall with these two dogs. And for about three or four seconds, it looked like they were going to run straight to their owners. Yeah. But they looked at each other and it became a race. And then they, they did the little curve. And then they, they, it was, oh, it was just such a beautiful thing. And the trainer's like, get your, call your dog, call your, it's like, why are you stressing over this? How much fun is it to control? And also you're not setting the dog up for success. <laughs> I mean, exactly. It is nice to have a strong recall. I like maximizing my dog's freedom. Mm -hmm. And if I have a strong recall, I can give her freedom almost anywhere because if there is a car coming, I can call her and I trust that she'll come back. Yes. That's why I think it's nice to have a strong recall. I think it's important. But like, I'm going to teach it in, in a way that the dog is having a good time learning. I am having a good time teaching it and we're having fun together. And then I use it when it's necessary. And otherwise just, yeah, be a dog, do the dog things and enjoy yourself. I love the way that you interact with street dogs. Yeah. I have never met an aggressive street dog because they typically don't hang out. The, the dogs basically are like, I don't want to be around you. So I'm leaving. Yeah. Given the opportunity, you know, they, they go their own way. Yeah. And it, it's so interesting that, I mean, it's one of the most awesome things that I've recognized about dogs. No matter how bad that you treat them, there is an amount of trust that they will offer. It's one of the most astounding things that uh, dealing with the owners who do not know or trust their dogs. Mm -hmm. It's like... Do you understand that if you don't trust your dog, then how far can you actually go? It's like you put your dog with a collar and you really 
have no choices. You really find yourself, I need to control this dog. Yeah. So I've made a decision. You have lovely people that you need to go have lunch with. Yeah. Anytime you would like to continue, you let me know and I will make time. Okay. Okay. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. I do. And I would like to continue. The funny thing is, I forget that you are Austrian. <laughs> and I, I remember that I like to talk and Austrians are so polite that they won't cut you off. So I have to cut myself off. <laughs> no, I would. But I would do that. But I also like I'm so much enjoying this conversation that I wanted to continue. So I would love to continue sometime. If you're up for it. Anytime. And now I have about four more questions about dog training and relating to dogs that I would like to ask you because I'm really curious about your approach there and your favorite dog training niche. But let's leave that for another podcast or non-podcast. It is. We can do podcasts. Anytime, anytime you would like me to do a podcast with you, count me in. We'll make arrangements and I will be there. Ah, cool. That's awesome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. It is definitely a pleasure. It's a great pleasure. Is there anything better than sitting in a closet with a microphone and having a great conversation? Not really. And knowing that if I just open this door, there will be two amazing dogs and two amazing people out there? Nope. No. No, not really. I have dogs running around everywhere right now. Nice. <laughs> One of the two dogs here is a poodle puppy. Those are horrible. So the door has to be closed because otherwise we probably wouldn't have this conversation because the cords would have been chewed. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Nothing like a smart dog. <laughs> yeah. Let me give you the opportunity to, do you have anything coming up? Or if I were in Austria and needed to board my dog with someone, I just tried to avoid having to do that because separation anxiety on my part, you know? Yeah. But um, if I had to, I would love to board them with you. So if someone else would like that experience, where did I find you? You can go online and find us at dogloversgratz.com. Mm-hmm. Or you can go on Facebook and same, Dog Lovers Grotz. Very easy to find if you use a search engine, boarding or daycare, doggy daycare. Mm -hmm. We are actually easy to find. Perfect. I'll put all of that in the show notes. So all the Austrians who may be listening to can reach out to you. Mm -hmm. Because the typical boarding situation in Austria is to put the dog in a kennel and give them a bowl of kibble twice a week. And that's not what you do. And that's what's amazing. No way. I would not put my dogs there. So I mean, you know, they're like temporary members of your family. There's no such thing as temporary. They're always a member of my family. Once you come here, you're always a family member. <laughs> oh. <laughs> they have a great time rather than being warehoused somewhere while their humans go off. You know, it can't be a holiday if your dogs aren't having a good time too. Yeah. I agree. If I can, I take all the dogs. And if I can't, it's really hard to find the right people where I'm like, okay, I trust that my dog is going to have a good time. Like now I left my dog in Mexico City, but it took some searching to find the right person. Mm -hmm. It's important. Yeah. 
I found the right person and I'm getting video updates all the time and photos. And I'm like, oh, exactly. <laughs> She's living her best life. She likes this person. It's so important. It's a family member. I can't just drop them off somewhere random and leave them there. That's just not, it's just not happening. If you wouldn't do it to grandma, why would you do it to your dog? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, thank you so much. And also thank you so much for helping me end this conversation. Go have lunch. I will. <laughs> Go have lunch. Say hi to Serena and to all the amazing dogs in your house. And I hope to talk to you soon. Definitely. See you later. See you soon. Bye. Vita Zane. Cheers. Vita Zane.